right. Welcome, everyone. Episode four, Money Mythbusters, MMB. How are you doing, Nate? What's going on? How's your week been? It's been a busy week, but uh, happy it's Friday. But also really excited to do episode four here. Episode four, episode three. Which one are we on right now? Am I losing count? <laughs> actually, I don't. Maybe it is. Actually, you're right. It is three. You're right. Yeah, you're I think right. it's three. I'm already Although looking forward a, to next week's. <laughs> I am excited about episode four as well. Won't jump to that quite one. yet. I'll, I'll talk about that in one second. But uh, uh, episode three, Money Mythbusters, we're going to talk a little bit about 401ks, a big one because it is one of the biggest uh, vehicles available for someone to be saving in general. And we'll talk a little bit about why, um, you know, what are some of the advantages, disadvantages, but the myth that we're talking about, and there's going to be multiple myths within this, but the, the myth that we're going to be starting with in, in just a second is going to be talking about how if my company doesn't match my contributions, it is a waste of time to contribute to 401ks. Okay, so we're going to dive into that in one moment. But of course, I wanted to talk a little bit about what you know uh, we're, we're going to be discussing is really for educational purposes only, right? It's not supposed to be taken as personal financial advice for you. So when Nate and I are discussing it, we're talking in the most general sense, but trying to be as informative as possible to you. Uh, if we're touching upon any investment type topics, again, it's not a solicitation to be buying any investment products, right? Um, it's really more, again, from a, a teaching perspective and an understanding perspective. Finally, of course, 401ks have some tax or uh, considerations to it, right? And so uh, we're not here acting as your tax uh, uh, preparers or, or professional, right? Uh, any of the tax advice that we talk about uh, is, again, it's education standpoint, okay? Uh, we always recommend, even to our clients, because we don't prepare tax returns, that you should be, uh, you know, verifying these questions with your preparer and making sure that they understand the strategy that we're talking through as well. Okay, getting through that. A lot smoother this time. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to be talking about again the um, myth here, right? So, if my employer does not match, okay, is it still worth contributing to a 401k, Nate? Uh, my answer is yes, but there's lots to talk about there. So, let's cover just why we would want to contribute to any retirement accounts, right? Tax deferred growth or tax-free growth in the case of, you know, Roth IRAs or Roth 401ks can be extremely powerful, right? Let's say you don't invest in a 401k or an IRA and you just put it into a brokerage account. That brokerage account is going to be eaten away at a little bit every single year through capital gains. And so from our studies, uh, you know, over a 15-year time period, if you put the same dollars away into pre-tax or same dollars away into Roth, Generally, assuming same rate of return, you may see as much as a 20% or more increase in your dollars, even though you have the same rate of growth, because it's not getting eaten at from capital gains tax. And so that tax deferred growth, essentially, in layman's terms, you're letting your dollars stay invested for longer and not having to pay tax on those dollars. And so the effect of compounding interest or compounding returns over time is huge. And so, again, same returns, but being more tax efficient, you can definitely see an improvement in what's left for you to use years later. And that's, that's the biggest reason. Now, now, and I think it's, an, you know, of course, our, our audience varies in terms of their background of some of this, right? And so, and, and it's our job to try to tie that all together in one stream, right? Um, 
the, the 401k, right, takes things that you're earning each year and says, I'm potentially paying tax on that later, right? That's one way to say it, right? And so you mentioned right. Roth. So is that the other way around, right? Like you said, Roth being a part of it. How does that actually yeah. work? Yes, that's a great question. I mean, you can also think of Roth as the same thing as brokerage, right? You're still paying tax on those earnings now through your paycheck. Um, but in a brokerage, you're going to pay capital gains tax as you trade throughout your account. A Roth is exactly the opposite. So you pay tax up front, but you never pay tax again, uh, which, of course, can be very powerful. We don't pay any tax on our capital gains. Again, we get to keep more dollars invested, and that alone can help your returns over time. So Roth is after tax. You pay tax up front through your paycheck, but as you invest, all of those gains are tax-free. Got it. And that's probably another question that we get a ton from clients, which is like, should I do Roth, which is the after-tax mm -hmm. one that Nate just talked about, or should I go pre-tax, right? And, and I think, you know, one of the worksheets that we talk through with our clients is an understanding that that's actually an expectation or a bet against where my tax rates are today versus where they're going to be when I retire. And I think most people assume, right, Nate, that like my tax rate in the future is going to be lower because I'm making less income. Now, that may be true, but you also have to take into account some people don't want to, they don't, they feel maybe our tax rates right now are, are, are too low and that it's going to, are bound to go up in the future. And so I don't want to take that, Absolutely. right? And so I want to pay tax on this tax on that today, right? So that's a, it's a different right. conversation or, or different reasonings. And, and I don't, you know, the myth being one is better than the other, like Roth or after tax is better than pre-tax. I don't think that's the case. I think it's a, it's a matter of what your belief is in making that contribution. And in a lot of those 401k accounts, right, you have the ability to choose which one you want. Do I want to make a mm -hmm. Roth contribution? Do I want to make a traditional contribution, right? But yeah. everyone's so case is going to be different, of course. Um, yeah. But what we are saying, though, is tax deferred growth in either direction True. is going to be a brokerage account, assuming same rates of return. Agreed. Agreed. Right. Like you unless you buy one stock and hold it forever. Right. In which case you may not pay that tax on, on the account. But you're right. I mean, most people sure. are, are buying and selling. And it's a lot easier to do that sometimes in that retirement or tax deferred account. Um, let's mm -hmm. take a step back, though. Right. Like. Like in these accounts, right? In these accounts, when we're talking about putting away money, right? How much are we actually talking about here? Like how much are, are we talking about? And what are some alternatives that are available as well? Definitely. Yeah. So uh, there's two buckets of retirement accounts, right? There's IRAs, there's 401ks. So we're speaking mostly to 401ks today. But if you don't want to participate in your company's 401k because of matching, you can still do an individual retirement account, assuming that you don't hit that income limit, right? So for uh, married couples, it's somewhere around $196,000 of earned income. And so being in the Bay Area, a lot of our clients tend to earn over that. And so from an income perspective, they don't qualify to necessarily do a pre-tax IRA or a Roth IRA. But if you do, putting 6,000 into an IRA can be helpful. Uh, the reason that we say so is from an investment perspective, right? You actually can invest in whatever you want to. If you want to go buy Amazon stock, you want to go buy Tesla stock, you can do so in an IRA account. You generally cannot in a 401k account with one exception that we'll talk about in just a minute. Um, but then the uh, contribution limits on 401ks is much greater, right? Pre-tax or Roth, it's 19500 If your company has an after-tax contribution ability, you can do more. Um, we won't dive too deep into that just 
to keep it uh, pretty general for today. But 19,500 is obviously way more than 6,000. And so if you really want to maximize your retirement contributions, 401k may be the better path. Yeah. And, and, and technically, if you're under those income limitations, right, like IRAs and 401ks, both retirement, both tax deferred, but the contribution limits are treated separately. Like we, I think that's a confusion that happens a lot. It's sure. like, oh, if I, if I contribute to 401k, I can't do IRA. If I do IRA, I can't do the other. But those are two separate sections of tax codes, two separate sections of how you they calculate contributions. So as long as you follow the rules, it's possible that you can make contributions to both sides. And hey, good for you. Like if you have enough income to save, right? Ultimately, what we're talking about is that's key, right? To be able to actually put away money. And, and you know, I think, you know, people who come to us know that savings is a good thing. Um, but it's, of course, hard to actually make it happen sometimes. And so... Which kind of takes me to this other question, right? I mean, you know, uh, you have this other side of the coin where, you know, people always be like, you know, the initial myth was like, hey, if, if, if they're not matching, it's probably not worth contributing. There's a, the other side, which is like, hey, you always have to save to 401k. You always have to put money in. And we've listed a bunch of reasons like the tax deferred growth, reasons why it's beneficial to do it. But Nate, what's the other side of the coin? Like, why wouldn't I want to contribute to a 401k? Like, what are some of the reasons there? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. Honestly, it's a question I had with my morning client this, just today. Uh, this particular client is hoping to save for a house. Um, mm. And that's really their, their goal. They just had a kid. And so they want to be stable and live in a home for the next 10 to 15 years. So a home purchase is super valuable to them, not only from a financial, but just a psychological perspective. And for them, maxing out their liquid savings might actually trump their retirement savings goal. And so in their instance, we've chose not to max out 401k contributions so that we can have more money to save for that down payment on their home. It doesn't necessarily even have to be a down payment on a home. It can be any sort of goal that you may have that short term that could take priority to your longer term retirement objectives. Now, for them, I've told them and I've prefaced it to say, you know, this should really be a short-term thing. We shouldn't ignore your retirement for too long. Um, <laughs> but we do want to catch up with on that later. But for now, uh, we're really trying to get them to have that down payment for the home. So it did trump their 401k contribution. Goal. So you're, you're telling me I shouldn't stop my 401k to go buy a Tesla. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> All right. So I probably should listen to my own advice there. Um, I, <laughs> uh, I, I think... Uh, I think that's good, right? I mean, you know, so much of uh, what you hear out there about 401ks, the power of it, I think really boils down to the ability to save, right? I mean, that, that's one, right? It's like the ability to actually put away money. And then, of course, as you're putting away money, uh, the, the ability to have it uh, either defer taxes now or in the future is certainly powerful, right? Uh, but then we just have to be aware of some of the limitations, right? I mean, once you put to the account, it's something that you anticipate uh, to be not accessible for some time, right? Not a, and, 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 and some of these 401ks, and if you haven't looked into it, there are ways to have loan provisions and, and, and we don't want to always be able to rely on a loan. There's some dangers in doing that. But of course, um, you know, we just went through a time of a pandemic or still going through a pandemic where sometimes you need money and you weren't able to access it. And a 401k loan from that perspective can help you get through some difficult times, right? 
you know, it's not common. We use it in our planning instruments, but it's certainly an instrument that we're very aware of that is available, right? And so um, it has to make sense. It has the, the client uh, and you as the, the viewer right now needs to know that this is something that has risks in it when talking about how you could access your 401k. But bottom line is that you're able to save and that saving helps you achieve long-term goals. Also helpful sometimes that it's just being taken from your paycheck and you don't know. Uh, so I can't be planning yeah. for buying a car. Instead, I'm planning for my retirement, right? So so that's a, that's a good thing as well. Yeah, I think that automated savings is uh, maybe something that doesn't get spoken about enough, right? If you have that money taken out of your paycheck before you even get a chance to spend it, that's a great way to just help your future self. So I think that's camp. a good call out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. If you guys know me, if you're streaming this and watching this and, and, and know myself, right, it, it's good to put that money away because uh, if I see those dollars, we're some tempted to, to spend on some of it. And so, uh, but side out of mind. <laughs> that's right. And, and I think you're right. Like it doesn't get talked about enough that from a mechanism standpoint, right, that is actually pretty powerful as well. Right. So one more thing to call out, I think some of the frustrations around 401k accounts is their limitations in how you can invest, right? A lot of 401k plans, actually it's trending back the other way in the wrong direction, in my opinion, but a lot of 401k plans have maybe 15 or 20 funds to pick from. And some companies have even shrunk that so that outside of your target date funds, maybe you only have three or four funds to invest in. So there's pretty limited options. But there is something on your investments list for a lot of 401k plans called the brokerage link. Um, may seem like a weird word or something you don't want to take advantage of. But if you're worried about how you can invest, you can actually push funds outside of your 401k plan through the brokerage link to go purchase other investments that may not be on that list. So, you know, if we want to participate, and I'm not recommending this, but if you want to participate in Tesla at $1,500 a share, you can in your 401k through that brokerage link. So if you see that brokerage link on your list of available investment options, when you go and change investments, check it out. I mean, that could be a, a better alternative for your investment strategy. Uh, if you're trying to be a little more aggressive or, or even from a cost perspective, there tend to be a lot of high mutual fund uh, expense ratios on those 401k. So I mean, and, uh, it, it's pretty helpful. And there's a reason why they don't want you to just be able to buy anything, right? It's a responsibility thing, right? right? Like as a company, they're like, oh, okay, I don't want to give all my employees, right, the uh, impression that they can go buy anything and now we're responsible, right? And so the, mm -hmm. if you actually join the broker link, brokerage link, it specifically says like, oh, this, you know, you're taking on your own risk, right? All of that, which is fair. Right. If Tesla's at 1500, it could go back to 300, <laughs> in which we're sure. all buying, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, ultimately uh, the, uh, I think the, retirement account, the naming of all these accounts make it seem more difficult than they, you know, it actually is. And I think that's part of what we're trying to do right. is helping you guys simplify some of that, right? Because ultimately it's a savings account, right? It's a savings mm -hmm. account that lets you invest and, and that investment will, will, will help you get to your long-term goal. And in the meantime, you get some tax benefits. Like that's a simple way of thinking through it. And should you contribute, ultimately also decides is, is upon like, where's my income? Do I, have, do I need to think about my expenses? Do I have enough money to save to be able to get to that point? And it's not just blindly, I need to save or I should be saving. You have to think about all those things 
all at once, right? Um, uh, and and that's the part that we help uh, with our clients is is talking about you know uh, isolating all these different thoughts and noise and, and and simplify what it actually boils down to. And I think that's what 401k or IRAs boils down to. It's an ability to save uh, to help you down the line. Right. Well said. Yeah. So uh, let's see. So episode three, 401ks done. I'm gonna call it done. Right. Episode four, Nate. You were talking about episode four already. Right? Episode four. Can't wait. Oh <laughs> Such a good uh, it's one. It's a good one. It is. I mean, look, uh, episode four is going to be talking a little bit about real estate and the idea behind renting versus buying. Oh, man, I can already hear different parties that we work with right, <laughs> thinking about you know, how we're going to talk about this. But I think the myth there that we're going to be covering is don't throw money, right? Don't throw away money at, at rent or pay somebody else's rent. Like go buy. Like, actually, is that true? Like, is that true in every situation? Should I always be buying a house? Like, like that is a question that we're going to talk about in episode four, but also a question that we get a lot. Um, and we're going to be excited to talk through some of the details there, what to think about and, and how to break that back down. Okay. So, um, Let's see. I think that's, I mean, I think that's it for episode three. That covers uh, the 401k piece. Nate, anything else to add there? Uh, I think that was pretty well summarized. Yeah. I mean, 401k tax deferral is very powerful. So just because you don't get matching, don't necessarily ignore it. Awesome. Uh, finally, again, just to close things out here. Uh, if you're ever interested in thinking about these topics a little bit uh, more particular to your scenario, right? Uh, come check out our website, compasscmg.com. See how we can help you. Uh, there's a, a link to schedule a call with us just to talk uh, more about your uh, situation. Um, and, um, you know, the way that we talk with our clients, even on a one-on-one -on -one setting, is a lot like this. It's a, hopefully a, a comfortable scenario and uh, uh, something that is important because finances are personal. And we want to make sure that it's simple, it's comfortable, and that you can actually absorb the material. Okay. Um, all right. We're going to sign off here. And uh, we look forward to having you guys for episode four. Okay. Have a good weekend. All right. Bye.